0: Ready? I'm ready. Uh, Psalm seventy-eight. <laughs> oh man, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Jesus. Oh, we just say we love you, Lord. Oh, you're so good. Oh, thank you lord psalm seventy-eight, sixty-five. then the lord awakened as from sleep as a strong man whose consciousness of power is heightened by wine and he smote all his adversaries in the back as they fled and he put them to lasting shame and reproach he rejected the ten of joseph he chose not the tribe of ephraim in which the tabernacle had been accustomed to stand. But he chose a tribe of Judah as Israel's leader, Mount Zion, which he loved, to replace his Shiloh as his capital. And he built his sanctuary, and he exalted like the heights of the heavens and like the earth, which he established forever. And he chose David, his servant. He took him from the sheepfolds, from tending the ewes that had their young. He brought them to be shepherd of Jacob, his people, of Israel, his inheritance. So David was their shepherd with an upright heart. He guided them by the discernment and skillfulness which controlled his hands. And then uh, I'm going to read in Zechariah uh, 13. A fountain was opened. For the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanliness. And in that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land and they shall no more be remembered. And also I will remove the land, the false prophets and the unclean spirit. And if anyone appears falsely as a prophet, then his father and his mother who bore him shall say to him, You shall not live, for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and his mother who bore him shall thrust him through when he prophesies. And in that day, the false prophetic and prophets, they shall be ashamed of his vision. And when he prophesies, nor will he wear a hairy or a rough garment to deceive, but he will deny his identity and say, I am no more a prophet. I am a tiller of the ground. In another translation, it says a husbandman, for I have been made a bond servant from my youth. And one shall say to him, what are these wounds on your breast or between your hands? And he will answer those which I was wounded when I was disciplined In the house of my loving friends, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man who is my associate, says the Lord, of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep. Of the flock shall be scattered and I will turn back my hand and stretch out again upon the little ones of the flock. And all the land, two thirds shall be cut off and perish, but one third shall be left alive. And I will bring a third through the fire and I will refine them as silver is refined. And will test them as gold is tested. And They will call upon my name, and I will hear and answer them, and I will say, This is my people. And they will say, The Lord is my God. You got to hear this today. You got to hear this podcast. You got to hear it with your whole heart. You have to understand something. You were made by God to be a royal. You were made by the Lord to worship him and for to be known by him. And I tenderly before God today want you to know who you are in him. And I'm just wrecked in the spirit of the Lord right now. And I I suppose in preparation for this podcast today, you know, my assignment is to bring forth to you the, the restoration of Reuben and, um, I, I've got to set a backstory here for for us to come into an understanding because um, it, it, it'll take me just a little bit to just uh, set the context. In earlier episodes, you've already heard some of this, but in our, our first year of ministry, I remember the one year in where we ministry's growing, everything's going good. And I thought, and, and then it comes across my desk you know, the passage out of Revelation two, have you lost your first love? And, and, and I'm, I'm reading it. And then I get this article and it comes across my desk. You have lost your first love. And I, the Lord, he just pricks my heart. And we were running all the admin and doing all the things that I thought needed to happen to, uh, pastor a church. And, and I said, Lord, what what do you mean? I've lost my first love. We've got all these families, leaderships being raised up. You're telling me we've lost our first love. And I, I'm like, how how could you say that to me? He said, I want you to stop all your counseling, and I want you to give yourself to me in prayer. And I said, Lord, if I stop my counseling other people, they're going to leave, and it's going to create a massive conflict. And and I, I got to taste that year. And I, earlier episode, you got to hear this. I got a taste in that first year. I, I watched one third of our congregation leave, and then. In another season, we'll go through another season. Another third will leave, and then then we're just left with you know this little group and and this refined in the fire to come forth as gold. And and through the years, you know, of being in ministry, I'm like, I don't really understand this. And I remember when the Lord took me to this passage in Zechariah and in Psalm seventy eight that I read to you, and I, I really want to help break this down and that the lord strikes the shepherd to scatter the sheep and i i just was like this is not church planning you know i i would like to see a pastor just get up and do a church planting conference on when god strikes the the lower shepherd and scatters the sheep as a methodology for awakening uh, but this is god's this is his you know, word to me, and I'm I'm literally striking you. And none of us that are in leadership like to bleed out in front of our people. And I mean, I'm bleeding. Like, you know, I'm just stuck again and hit again. And so going through this, and, and so it kind of capitalizes. You know, four or five years ago, and I, my wife and I, we were sitting in the parking lot at the fire department, Skyland Fire Department, where we were holding meetings. And I'm so depressed. I am so discouraged uh, people mad, glad, and sad and all kinds of problems. And I mean, we're just going through it every time. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do, honey? I was like, I'm going upstairs and in this fire department and I'm resigning this morning. I just can't take it anymore. And she's like, okay, you know, uh, we have been in ministry at this point. I don't know, maybe five, six years. And I'm like, I'm I'm just going to resign. I can't handle it. And I, I get upstairs and, uh, willa grants up there and she comes to me and um and she comes up to me and there's just a few people milling around and she looks at me and tears pouring out of her eyes and she says carol if i didn't have this ministry i'd have no place to go because I, I don't have anywhere to go and you know and and i'm like oh man and and the holy spirit just speaks to me and he says for one sheep you know would you do this for one sheep and I, when i heard her cry i said yes lord and You know, I I, I remember you have to understand the pain of this because the ministry, our ministry kept getting smaller and smaller. And if you've been in ministry and your support system is based in your people and based in your finances, uh, because at this point in, in in my ministry calling, I'm not allowed to get any other work. And so the Lord's like, you know, you're just this is it for you. And I, I, I'm i placed in this kind of position. And, and uh, we have, at this point, I think we had maybe five kids and we have our sixth kid that's, that's coming. So this is a really intense kind of thing. And, you know, when you're bringing in, you know, sometimes you don't know like a few hundred dollars a week or a hundred dollars a week, it really can stretch you. And I'm stretched out and I'm like, God, maybe you didn't call me. You know, I want to be faithful to you, but maybe this is maybe I'm in the wrong field or something because I'm not successful. I feel like, you know, I'm a failure. And, uh, but she says, I have no place to go. And, I, and the Lord said that, you know, for one sheep. And I said, yes, Lord. And then, and then Laura Miller, this wonderful senior, uh, godly, seer, prophetic, godly woman. She comes up and she says, Pastor Carol... And she's so loving and tender. She a lot of times she talk like a little kid. And she just comes up to me, she says, You know, it's nice what you're doing, this little pastor thing that you do and the teaching thing. She says, But the Holy Spirit told me to tell you these words. She said, He said, Apostolic proclamation. I have no even idea what that means. And and man, I knew because I'd heard our cat say that. And I had I had heard heard that from the Lord. That he said, you know, one day I'm gonna thunder down an awakening all over the world and I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, when Laura Miller who said that did not know what that meant, but I did and I, I told the Lord that day, I said, That's it, I'm not complaining. I'll never argue with you again about this ministry. I'm we'll we'll stick with it, you know. You know, it doesn't matter about the money, it doesn't matter about the people in our family. We'll just take it, you know, for you and so that night we just uh the word tells me to go and watch this film called the good shepherd and i'm not suggesting that you watch that film uh because it's not necessarily the greatest film to watch but um you know it's like a cia and like dark secret type film with matt damon in it but on the front of it uh it's got this uh matt's got on these glasses and i at this point in my life i'm starting to need glasses and and um uh, for my distance vision. And the Lord tells me to go get a pair of these glasses. They're the, they're the sort of the horn rim black glasses with clear bottoms that were back out of the fifties. And, um, and he tells me to go get a pair. And I said, why, Lord? And he says, well, you've passed the good shepherd test. And I'm like, Oh, you, you have a good shepherd test. You know, uh, yeah, I have a good shepherd cause you know, I won't have hirelings in my church. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, I, oh, Jesus, you know. Well, I, I was just so thankful to get my new glasses. And over the the years that would follow after that, I started to learn what it meant meant to be a pastor in a, even a more profound way. But I didn't know I was being checked out because the Lord has a pastoral test, but he also has a high priest test. And I I, I want to reference this back because, uh, what I read to you when I began with you is in Psalm 78. And uh, because this revelation really had to come to me uh, to understand, you know, what he was doing in, in leadership. And so, he, you know, he showed me this in Psalm 78 and where he says, you know, I've rejected the ten of uh, Joseph and the tribe of Ephraim, but I've chose Judah. And and this is the way that I chose you. I chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfold. And the Lord, you know, he, you know, I was like, you know, I thought a good shepherd, Lord, goes after the sheep, and but you're taking David here from the sheep, and and taking the sheep from him. And, and the Holy Spirit said, I, I really want you to pay attention to this because in this verse in Psalm seventy-eight, verse seventy, and when I'm going to build a a high priest king, and I'm going to blend the offices. This is the mechanism by which I do this. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, because I've chosen and exalted to build a sanctuary like the heights of the heavens to establish the earth. And for me to do that, I'm going to use the leadership in the earth. To come in agreement with me about my perspective on your humanity and I need you to agree with me son right now because one day I'm going to bring an awakening of a galactic progeny I'm going to bring forth sons and daughters and they're going to come into this for me to fully restore them but I need you to pioneer with me ahead on this and I'm okay Lord I'm, I'm going to agree with you say so I'm going to take from the sheepfolds and I'll take the sheep from you I'm going to strike. You at the core of your identity and the core of your iniquity, and I'm going to strike that which is not like me. Now I'm going to tell you this is this this is real, and it it gets into really dark places and painful places to bleed out because you know when you're in leadership and you bleed out in front of the people, they see it, and then they can point a finger at you and say, see. How you're not a you have no value and you're a failure and, and we can see what's going wrong in your life and they can, they can clearly see, and they see that as justification to leave. A lot of times, not everybody. People don't want to hang out about around usually what looks and appears to be a failure uh to them. And, or what makes them implies something on their own sin. If if they're not walking in repentance, and so I'm like, Jesus, there's no way to like really deal with this. Well then he start. Then he showed me this next verse because this is high priestly development that comes next. And I went through a season of this for the next two or three years. He's like, I will send pastors and leaders, and and want you to you know do your part in nurturing them, developing and loving them. And then and then it says though in verse seventy one, it says, I will take him from tending the ewes. And I said, Well, what is that? And he said, This is the pastors so who are pastoring pastors. You know, I know that a lot of you that are involved in apostolic gifts or works, and some, the ones of you that are listening that understand that right now, apostolicity, a lot of it is about pastoring pastors and putting church organizations under yourself and things like that. And and I'm not against any of that. And, and the apostolic gift, I'm all for it. But I started to see that this high priestly training here, it says about David, though, that it took him from the shepherding, the ones who shepherd the, uh, the young, the shepherding shepherds. And I thought, God, I mean, who even has a context for this kind of development and training? And and he says, I'm going to take you even from them. And because I'm going to bring you into a, another capacity. And, and so uh, this is during this time, I'm learning what it means, uh, what Judah is about. And Um, how he's going to have to defeat all the enemies of the Lord and internally so that externally there would be a a change for God's people. Well, you go on here and you see that there's this double hit. Like I just read you in Zechariah, because the Lord's going to remove out the false prophetic that's seeking uh, some kind of ulterior motive with God's people— And he's going to take out the hoary cloak that is deceiving God's people for uh, whatever is in the human heart. And so you get this first strike and this first strike comes uh, where God scatters the sheep. And then you see the second strike or the the next two thirds, I'm going to strike at the pastoring pastors. And, and it says, but then there will be a remnant left. And I know that is speaking of a broader picture than the one that I'm giving here, and I just want to make that clear concerning Israel and the nations, because, and and just to say this, that in the prophetic, there's this individual work, a corporate work, and then a global work, and one relates uh, with Israel and the nations. And I'm not unpacking all of that right here. I just want to be clear about that, uh, because I'm just uh, telling a story that is happening in my life. And so uh, to shepherd Jacob is people and Israel, his inheritance. So David was their shepherd with an upright heart and he guided them with a discernment and skillfulness, uh, with his hands. And you start to see here that inside of our heart, uh, is both an oriental aspect and an occidental. Let me explain this in the occidental side of the hemisphere of the nations that, that we're in. We have primarily perceived God by his hand, and especially in North America, we are, you know, very prospered in uh, a nation. But we've got to know God's hand. But if you look at the Orient, they, they really uh, contemplate and meditate and they get more into uh, God's face. And I started to come to this understanding that the word was going to have to train, the, especially the, the leadership. And I think a lot in the Orient that, that you guys that are in the Orient, they're like, you know, can you help us with God's hand? And we in the the Occidental side are saying, can you help us with God's face? Uh, you've learned con- uh, contemplation and we've learned the uh, how he works uh, in the natural, but we need both to be a whole person. And what you see here happening with David is he's saying, I'm going to cause him to both be have an Oriental perspective of contemplative life with me in meditation, but I'm also going to uh, take that uh, reforming of the face, which is based in the image and the imagination, and I'm going to bless him also with the hand, which has to do with likeness and character. And you see that he'll shepherd them with an upright heart, and he'll guide them with the discernment and skillfulness of his hands. And so you, you have the face of God, the heart of God, and the hand of God put together here. And so I had uh, received those glasses. Well, this last year, 2018, about the middle part of the year, I was invited to come to uh, speak at a, a uh, Western North Carolina, or really, I think it's all the way to the Piedmont area, of North Carolina's uh, GLOW meeting uh, for the ladies. And and I'm in the meeting, and I, I really didn't want to speak at all. And they actually asked me to speak after everybody had eaten And the the word just comes, and it was just such a beautiful time. Uh, And of course, I was sort of terrified to speak there because I think it was me and two other guys were there with a lot of ladies, these beautiful godly intercessors that I'm like they have the double X chromosome and can look right into you and see everything that's not right. And I felt really put on the line. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this, you know, because they can see right through. If this isn't you these are intercessor females that are gonna see right through me. And I, and I didn't know what they were gonna think. And, and the word move, I, I go outside of the building, my wife and I, we leave, and, um, and my wife says, look at that sign right there. And there was this sign, because the word has, has been telling me that after this leaving the nursing use and the pastoring pastors, and coming deeper with me, I'm gonna blend the offices. And I I go outside, and the church that we were at, it's sitting on the corner of Moffat Hill Road and Moffat Hill Church Road. And the word's like, remember Psalms 2, I will set my king on my holy, what? Hill, Zion. And I will declare a decree unto him, you are my son, the one whom I love. And I'm just paraphrasing that. Ask of me, and I will give you an inheritance in the nations and this is spoke of of the lord you know the father speaking to him but believing too that uh, we are the lord's sons that he's speaking this to his sons and daughters also and i i, I tell you what i was flabbergasted when i got out there and i saw Moffat hill road and Moffat hill church road on the same sign and the lord says i i will blend the offices of king and priest Um, I'm going to I'm going to perform a miracle. And what was wild when I was in the meeting with the ladies, it was like another person was speaking, you know, through my life. I was literally having a talk with the father while my body was communicating through my mouth what the Lord wanted to say to all these ladies. The father's telling me, you know, I love you, son. I just love you. And I'm like, oh, I love you, Father. But my person is talking while the Father's talking to me at the same time. And I, I believe that I was starting to understand a little bit about how when speech is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you can have multiple conversations going on at the same moment. So I was like, this was, the, I believe it was in May, you know, of 2018. I'm like, you're going to blend the offices. And the Word said, when you get your new glasses you'll know that I blend the offices. And so uh, we're coming to the end of the year in 2018. And, uh, you know, I've been waiting on the kingly glasses to come uh, for years. And I've been praying and the Lord, I said, Lord, I'd really like to get my glasses. But, you know, my wife and I, we're really by faith. And for me to get a pair of glasses, a new pair of glasses is going to have to come from somebody actually Uh, putting their word on it and saying the Lord told me to purchase you glasses because my finances are going to go to take care of clothing for the kids and food and gas and everything so someone would have to and I think it's about 30 seconds after I had said this to the Lord I don't know it was around August September uh, I get a a text message from someone "Uh, the Lord told me to buy you a new pair of glasses and I was like no way I'm going to get a new pair of glasses. I, oh, wow. And so uh, it took forever. And Ray-Ban, there were there was some mistakes in the ordering and things. And I, I got to order me a pair of uh, really nice sunglasses that are prescription and a new pair of glasses. And they, But all this mix-up happens with the order. And they don't come until uh, December of 2018. And, well, right before they come... And and this is the thrust of, of this, you know, is the Lord saying, you know, I'm going to restore you, uh, the tribe of Judah, in your uh, soul. And I remember it was one weekend, and I had this encounter with Jesus, that, and I can't go into every detail, but the Holy Spirit, uh, I had come to find out that my dad this this last year come to find out that. He does a 23 Me DNA test, and we find out that literally his line through through a code goes back to the tribe of Judah. His Y chromosome, I find a scholarly article that types out his DNA, and it literally goes back to the tribe of Judah. And I had been told to put a Judah tag on my uh, my vehicle a, a year and a half ago, and I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say? So we find out there's a, there's a literal line back, and. I had learned that our family line had come from the tribe of Zerah back through through Judah because Judah had been with Tamar and had Perez and Zerah. And I'm not going into every detail about this. I believe it'll probably be in another podcast. Needless to say, going through this whole discovery about this, and I'm like, what are we like, broken hillbilly kings? You know, I mean, the bloodline's there. And, you know, I'm going through this understanding and just uh, understanding why my dad's always had to have a beard and, you know, why he looks the way he does. And I'm like, man, there's something in the blood. Well, I'm in this this moment of understanding that. And the Lord shows me this through an objective, truth, heavenly revelation that, in your downline, through your father's line, you had lo- You have lost the ring, the rod, and the rope. Now, you, you gotta know your, your Bible history, but what happened was uh, Judah's wife had, had passed, and Judah's daughter in law's uh, husbands had passed, and she needed to propagate or get seed so that she could have children. And so she prostitutes herself. And and Judah doesn't know that it's her, and she deceives him, and he goes to her, and she says, Will you offer me something for what I'm going to do for you? And he gives her his ring, his rod, and his robe. Now, the ring was his symbol of authority. That, that's how he made contract. And his that ring that he had was held by a cord that was uh, that he hung around his neck to show that he was in authority to make contract. And the rope, or excuse me, the rod was there to enforce the law. And so Judah is a law giver. And you can read about that in Genesis 49, but he's a law giver and he brings forth the law and he enforces the law because he's a king. And Judah had give up those three things. Well, long story short, I find out that In my downline through my dad's line, and I don't know how many generations back, one of the the men had uh, give up the ring rod and rope and that we had fell under a curse in our family line that has been broken because we've been agreeing with the blood and walking by faith and saying, we trust you, Lord. Well, this weekend happens. I'm, I'm in my counter in my kitchen and I'm just in tears. And the Lord said, I've restored back to you what was lost in your um, your downline, through your GD and downline. And I'm like, oh man, after all these years of struggle and trial, you've restored me back to where I can cut contract. Well, the next week I get, or this next week, I get a call from my friend, Jamie Lowe, who I had been in the Air Force with. Well, he was in the Navy and I was in the Air Force and we flew together. And this is 15 years ago, uh, when I met Jamie, before I, we left from Pensacola to go on this journey that we've been in, Jamie had given me this plaque when we were we had left left the Air Force and we were moving to Salute. He gives me this plaque, and on it's a picture of him and I in our flight suits. And he puts his scripture in there about Joshua and Caleb. And he had learned from the Lord years ago that he was from the tribe of Ephraim. And the Lord had called him Ephraim. And he says, Carolyn, you're like Caleb. And of course, I didn't know then that Caleb was a Judean. And so the two that cross over into the promised land are both, that's Judah and Ephraim. Okay. Now, Jamie wants to come and visit uh, our family. and He brings his boys up and, and his boys are going to take him to Chimney Rock. And he comes up this weekend with us and visits. And they're just the most lovely family. And that Saturday morning, they leave to go out into the to Chimney Rock, and my wife and I are there with the kids, and, and I'm in my bedroom, and I I have like this, you know, just, well, fire comes on my chest. And, and I, I got to tell you, it was so painful. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was so painful. And I, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I just burst into tears. And Kara comes up around, puts her arms around me, and I'm just like just weeping and um, I get down in a chair that's beside our bed and I I start to just worship and I keep hearing this song and it's being sung out of Psalm 17 from one of the old IHOP uh, songs and it it says, uh, I'll hide you under the shadow of my wings, you're the apple of my eye and I start to listen to it and I mean for hours I sit there and cry and all of a sudden this presence comes in front of me like it felt like it was a 10,000 year old man with a child's heart, and it was, he was so tangible to me that I could feel his person. And I mean I'm sitting there just quaking, crying, and all of a sudden in the spirit, I see this little um, this little white stick, and it, it's got like ridges in it, and it's like a bone. And I believe as the Holy Spirit in front of me. The Holy Spirit who is the spirit of fire and the spirit of love comes to me in the same person. And he shoves this little bone stick into my chest. And I'm like, oh man, what is that? And I mean, I, I'm just shredded. And I said, what is that? And he said, it's the feeling. Well, he said, it's the stick of Ephraim. And it's the feeling of the abandonment of a father. And I want you to know that I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And the Holy Spirit is there. It's so, like, I don't even have words. I mean, I've tried to do this podcast, but I can't even do it correctly. But right there in a moment, I have a week before been restored to the tribe of Judah. And now Ephraim and this bone stick stuck in. And he said, uh, and I'm I'm just weeping. Later on that night, I find out for the first time about Jamie and how when he was a boy, just his pain because of his pain with his dad, and he lived with his granddad and his granddad was such so legal with him, and it just broke his heart and as a small boy, he would go out on sit on top of a gas station and just and just weep and cry and and because he's like, "Does anybody love me you know and i that night, I heard Jamie like you know share that with me, and it just broke my heart because he really knows I had a dad that loved me but he didn't and he really knew what it was to be abandoned and it I mean he really felt the pain of abandonment that day I got to feel a pain like I'd never known and you know and the Lord just spoke to me said this is what separated Israel this is why and you guys will have to do your homework on this but this is why the kingdom divided after Solomon this is what has kept my people divided all this time is judah and ephraim you know they they've been divided and if you know the history you know you had the southern three judah and benjamin and levi and in the northern ten and, and separated themselves from one another and of course they came together under david or uh saul will bring them together and then david and then solomon and then the kingdom will break apart again well so I'm like, Lord, you've done some kind of restoration, and I mean, I never felt so much love for people. I never felt so much love of God in my heart, you know. And I was like, in the words, like, uh, you know, I'm bringing about a restoration. And now, mind you, I, I still haven't got my glasses, and I, you know, and so this storyline is unfolding, and and, um, and I get a call from a dear pastor here, and I just love him so much. His name's Sam Fine. And Sam and I, we we meet at Starbucks in uh, South Asheville, and we come together, and and maybe I don't want to go too much into Sam's personal story because I want to respect him, and maybe he could tell his story one day. But Sam starts to unfold to me a a story about his own uh, history as a find from the tribe of Reuben. And I, you know, I'm sitting there listening to him and, and the Holy Spirit says, pay attention to what Sam is saying. And I said, why, Lord? He said, well, did I not tell you that I'm going to restore man? I'm going to restore back everything that man has lost and, and what the enemy has stolen from from you. And, and I'm going to cause an awakening to come. And I said, yes, Lord, you said that. And he says, well, I wanted you to meet Reuben today the tribe of Reuben, and, he, and I said, yes, Lord, and, and I've got to tell you this because, you know, in Genesis 49, when Jacob tells us who Reuben is and tells us who Judah is, he, and he does this prophetic word on his sons, he talks about Reuben, and and I want you to hear this because this this is what this is about, this podcast is about, is so I could get to this point, that Reuben, he says this about him, Jacob says this, he says, Um, Let me pull this up. He says, And Jacob called his sons and says, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what will befall you when in the last days. Listen, hear, hear me, folks. Gather yourselves together for the last days because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the end time. Hearken to Israel your father, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might the beginning of the first fruits of my manly strength and vigor. Your birthright gave you the preeminence in dignity and preeminence in power. But you're unstable and boiling over like water. You shall not excel and have the preeminence of the firstborn because you went to your father's bed and defiled it. You went up on my couch. And and what Reuben had done, he had slept with uh, Jacob's concubine, Bilhah, Now, you have to understand in that day, and even for some of you, even today, they gave their firstborn sons a double inheritance. And Reuben was to be given two things. He was to be given the scepter and the birthright. And because of his sin, and I invite you to dig into this in scripture, because of his sin, Judah will receive the scepter and Ephraim will receive the birthright through Joseph. And you can you can go through the narrative of Genesis, and you can watch this unpack itself so the birthright and and the scepter are separated, so be mindful of this in this story here I have went through this thing with Judah and been restored, which is to restore the scepter, and then a week later, Ephraim comes, and the Lord said, "I'm restoring the birthright, and I'm going to cause a blending of the offices like I did for David when all of Israel would come together and cause a global awakening. And now here I am sitting in this meeting with Sam Fine, and I realize, and the Holy Spirit said, did I not say I would restore the royalty back to man that has been lost? Listen to this, like a week later, in the snow, and the Lord lets me know this. He says, you will receive your glasses when it snows because it's in Psalm 68. When it snows on Zalman, I'm going to restore, because Zalman means the restoration of the place of the image. I'm going to restore back what has been lost. And literally a snow falls on our mountain where we're living. And right at the end of the snow, guess what comes in the mill? My glasses. And the word says... Listen to me today as I I close out this podcast. Listen, 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 please hear me out. Don't get so caught up into the blue and the red and this political ideology that's going on. Listen, there's illegitimacy in the blue and there's illegitimacy in the red and there's legitimacy in the blue and there's legitimacy in the red. And the word said this to me as clear as day, speaking of Reuben's restoration, but why not then be blended together so that it would create the color purple because you're a royal family, a holy priesthood. Let's not settle for less than what our father has provisioned for us. Listen, there is an awakening coming, awakening back to the restoration of what had been lost to man because of, because of the fall The Lord is restoring man back. And this awakening is going to be coming all over this globe because the Lord is going to have it prophetically prophesied and place the scepter and the birthright back together in man's souls. yea, to prepare us for a glorified man. And the strength and the vigor that God had promised us in humility is going to be restored. The preeminence of dignity in humility not standing against him, but standing with him in the preeminence of Jesus in power. His preeminence and dignity is going to shine and radiate in the nations and his people all over the earth. Let's, uh, let's close today. Lord, thank you for the restoration that's coming on the earth. Lord, we just ask you now, Lord, we Ask you to activate your word to bring it forth in power to bring a restoration back to man, Lord. That you're that the blood has paid for this, the blood that flows blue and red has played paid for us, Lord, to be purple, to come together as a royal sons and daughters, Lord. Let us pray today for that we get our minds out of. Fox News and CNN and all this other, and where we just give ourselves to you, that you're the one word that knows how to restore us back and restore back what has been lost. And we just pray, God, that you would cause power to come on your church. I ask you, Jesus, for power, or to come on your church and give us boldness to testify of who you are. In your name we pray, Amen. amen.